What is up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Austin Jardine, and this is the Vanguard Project Podcast. Man, I hope you all had a wonderful weekend and are uh, ready to kick this te- or this week in the teeth. Clearly, I am not. I am editing this uh, a little later in the evening on Sunday, running a little bit lean on time. But you know what? That is what it is. That is how the weekend goes. I had a great weekend. I had a lot of fun. I spent a lot of time outside running around. I got my new little motorcycle. I spent a lot of time ripping around. I actually went to the uh, the parking lot or the high school parking lot down the road and was practicing some tight turns and uh, found the pegs a couple times and found my sneakers a couple times while uh, while doing some tight turns. But you know what? It was a glorious weekend and I am ready to uh, to get after it this week. I think it's supposed to start warming up which I'm super excited to get out and riding around in. So, But if you haven't yet, uh, please do me a huge favor. Please uh, like, subscribe, and uh, you know leave, uh, leave a rating and review for the show. It gives me the warm and fuzzies, and uh, honestly, it does help spread, uh, spread the word that I'm trying to uh, build and share with this podcast. So that being said, uh, if you're new to the show, welcome to the party. I'm super excited to have you. Uh, you know, my mantra here is uh, growth through story and strength through community. And uh, you know, what I mean by that is I like to have uh, people sit down and share me, uh, share with me their, their life stories, basically, to uh, kind of get some of the insights, some of their lessons learned how they got to where they're at and uh, kind of share with you some of uh, their insights into life and hopefully get you excited, motivated, maybe find a community to join in on or maybe uh, maybe a new passion that you had no freaking clue existed. There's been a few times where I've learned something I'm like, I did not know that was a thing. So it's been a ton of fun. So uh, be sure to, like I said, like, rate, subscribe, all the good stuff, leave a comment, follow me on the Instagrams and uh, get connected. But before we jump into uh, today's episode, uh, you know, we are, uh, I do have a couple sponsors, which I'm super thankful for. And one of them is Everly Stock. And as I mentioned, you know, I got my motorcycle and I've been experimenting with a couple different, you know, uh, saddlebags, or I guess just at least one pair of saddlebags, but several different backpacks trying to figure out the best way to carry uh, all my shit to work. And uh, also still have stuff for the gym because I go to the gym right after work. So I've uh, I've been kind of working through a couple different bags, and I've got the little brother, which worked great for a little bit. You know, it wasn't quite big enough because you know I've got boots that I wear to work and stuff usually. And so I actually went in this past weekend and I picked up uh, the kite. It's the Everly Stock kite, and it's really sweet because I got it in black. Uh, I wanted something that wasn't super tactical, and this thing is a, is really nice. It's very lightweight. It's got a rigid insert, so it's got some structure to it that you can actually remove, which I think is really neat too, but it's a roll-top design, so if you need more or less space, it's really easy to kind of condense it down and make it look all, or fit everything you need, so I'm able to fit, you know, a laptop. Actually, I'm going to go dork around with a little bit more, but fit, should be able to fit my laptop, a change of clothes, you know, my weightlifting belt, all that stuff in one little area that's really easy to get, get to because it's actually a front opening design it's very similar to uh their vapor series packs just with a shoulder harness and and a hip belt attached which is really nice so uh, i got that i'm gonna give it a stab this week make sure everything looks good feels good but uh, i'm super excited because you know everything they make is so such good quality but you know what i would highly suggest uh strongly encourage you to go get one or, uh, or something similar from Everly Stock. Give the retail store a call. Uh, let them know that I sent you, you know, the Vanguard podcast. They'll get you all hooked up, squared away. And uh, you know what? That is enough banter for me today. I'm super excited. This episode's a ton of fun. Christian is a stud. He's hilarious. Uh, a lot of fun to talk to. We talked about a lot of random stuff, a lot of fun things. And uh, despite some numerous interruptions from the damn dogs and the doorbell, we still turned out what I think a pretty fun episode. So without further ado... Let's run a wicked awesome episode with Mr. Christian of Sea State Coffee. 
Shall we get after it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, what is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. My name is Austin Jardine, and uh, I'm excited. This is like the first time I've had an in-person interview, and I don't even know how long. And uh, it was kind of funny because I'm, I'm sitting down with Christian, and uh, we've got the dogs. You had Bella in your lap, keeping you company for a little bit. So I'm excited to chat. So if you hear the pitter-patter or some random huffing. Um, Heavy not, breathing. It's not getting weird, necessarily. <laughs> it could um, be. Who knows? It could be. But, you know, fortunately, that's why we don't do video. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, you got to pay for that. <laughs> it's a subscription-based thing. <laughs> Only pause. Uh, only pods. Yeah, pod. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyways, well, I'm excited to chat, man. We were kind of sitting here for, gosh, like almost an hour, kind of just shooting the shit and whatnot. But I mean, we should have been recording it. That would have been an interesting one. You would have had to delete all of it. We though. talked about um, the, the the Rona. We talked about some, some politics. Yep. Talked about some coffee. Yep. And then we landed on ghosts. Yep. And aliens in Sasquatch. Yep. And then we moved into PAX. And then we moved into PAX. Yeah, because... I bought the uh, I bought the cheap microphone stands and the mics. I, I I didn't skip out on the mics. I just skimped out on the microphone stands. So I had to put weights on the stands so they don't tip over. And one of them is my my hunting bag and a bag of dog food. Dog food. So there you go. It's a uh, it's my living room right now. Some expensive weights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Anyways, man. So I'm excited to talk. You've done some cool stuff and. You're doing, you make really good coffee now. We're actually sipping on it. Mr. C-State Coffee. Yeah. It's been a, a weird road to this point. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, I started out in the Marine Corps. Uh, I did active duty for four years and I was like, well, that's enough of that. And that was in 2001 to 2005. And from there, like I got out and then like every other person that gets out of the military is like, I really miss it. And then I went back in and uh 2009 in the reserves and i lat moved to the infantry and i became an 0351 which is an assaultman and i don't think they exist anymore i think they got rid of the mos which is basically classic marine corps and then from there i lat moved into recon and so it was kind of this weird like convoluted path because i originally started out in water purification and okay yeah the the recruiters they got me they got me really good. And so, um, like, you know, being, being young and, and dumb, I had no idea of what I was getting into. I just thought the Marine Corps was the Marine Corps. It, yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. Like infantry. I didn't know officers existed. I had no idea that there were staff and COs. I had, I had no, rank. What's that? Like, I thought we were just going to like show up and do fun stuff. So I, I joined and, um, out of Montana and the recruiter, was like, I don't even really, I mean, I hate the guy to this day. Like, <laughs> As you yeah, like, you know, this, this has been 20, 20 years of hate built up on this guy. And so when I went in there, I was like, I just want to be a Marine. And so, of course, I was like the golden egg that walked in. They're like, oh, this is too easy. You know, like, we don't even have to sell you on anything. And I didn't buy anything. So, uh, from there, I was like, cool, like, I want to be infantry like you, because he was an infantry Marine, and he was like, it's so cool, it's so much fun, the barracks is great, you just get paid to, like, travel the world and shoot guns and blow stuff <laughs> up. Off, yeah. Yeah, like, basically a dream. And I was like, well, that sounds pretty damn good to me, so let's do it. So then, like, a week or two later, he calls me back, and he was like, I've got some some heavy news or whatever. <laughs> I'm just... 
eating right out of his hand. I'm like, oh, what? And he's like, dude, there's no more infantry slots open in the Marine Corps. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm not joining the Marine Corps. He was, you know, and I, was, I was just crushed. And he was like, oh, but don't you worry. I made some phone calls. I talked to some friends. And uh, he's doing you a favor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like now I owe the dude something like, what do you want? I'll give you anything. So then uh, he was like, I have a job called combat engineer. And I, of course, I had no idea what that was. Yeah, but you heard combat. So yeah. Like, and I was like, oh, okay. Combat sounds pretty dangerous. And, um, <laughs> and he was like, so, you know, what it is, is you're like a smart grunt. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> you're like, that's super intellectual. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sold. And uh, he was like, so basically you just blow stuff up and clear minefields and do construction and stuff for the grunts. And I was like, well, that sounds pretty damn cool to me. Let's do it. Right. So go to boot camp thinking this whole time, like, I'm a smart grunt. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are idiots. I'm smart. You know, <laughs> joke's on me. And, uh, Graduate boot camp, then go to MCT, which is Marine Combat Training. And um, we're sitting there in the bleachers towards the end where they'd like assign your MOS or tell you what, you know, how the Marine Corps is going to shaft you. And uh, I'm sitting there and they're like Private Ritter 1171. And I'm like, what the fuck is 1170? <laughs> like, it's, no, it's supposed to be. You're like, you're like 10, yeah. 10, <laughs> math. It's not acceptable. And so I'm like, that's not what my MOS is supposed to be. I don't even remember what, I think combat engineer was like 1372. And so I was like, that, these numbers are not the same. So I walked over to this like random captain that was sitting out there. Or maybe, I'm pretty sure it was a captain. Could have been a sergeant. I have no idea. I was, you know, a private at the time. So I, I didn't know what the hell was going on. So I asked this senior Marine for lack of better terms. I was like, you know, actually, I think it was a sergeant. And I was like, excuse me, sergeant, what, what's an 1171? And um, he looks at me for a second. And then he goes, you see those porta shitters over there? I was like, yes, sergeant. <laughs> he was like, you're going to be pumping those. And I get the fuck out of my face. I was like, what? <laughs> like, this is, this is never discussed by my, <laughs> between the recruiter and I. So now I'm just like mentally crushed. I was like, this is an embarrassment at this point. Like nobody is joining the Marine Corps to purify water at all. You know, it's just like Polly Shore, Water Boy, or in the Army <laughs> right. now, or whatever it's called. So that was like the running joke for all of it. And so, yeah, I went to uh, MOS school, which is military occupational specialty. And I learned how to purify water with the uh, ROPU, which is the reverse osmosis water purification unit. All this other dumb shit that I didn't really care about and wasn't really interested in. So I uh, I, I went to my first duty station, which was in Iwakuni, Japan. And uh, that was, it was cool to be in Japan, but like, it was just really hard to get behind the motivation of the Marine Corps. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Because you're not like doing anything <laughs> cool. Like, it doesn't feel like you're doing anything, you know? It's like, okay, cool. Like, we set up pumps and we take pumps down. We provide water and like laundry facilities and shit like that for people. I'm like, this is embarrassing. But there were people that were like, this is fucking awesome. Really? Yeah. Okay. It was super weird. Huh. Like later on down the road, I uh, kind of got into trouble because I'm not one to really like hold back what I'm thinking, sure. that deal, which doesn't really compute well and work well in the Marine Corps. 
And I remember this um, gunnery sergeant that I had. We were in Iraq, and we were all sitting around shooting the shit. And he mentioned that he was like, yeah, I, I left the infantry to do this, to move into the utilities field. And I remember I just looked at him, and I was like, you fucker. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, why the fuck would you do that? And so, you know, things didn't really go well from that point on. But I was like, this is, I don't, it didn't make any sense to me. I was like, we're in Iraq and like, we're not, you know. Yeah, you're moving water, basically. Well, there wasn't even, everything was bottled. Oh, so I was yeah. like, what are we even doing here? So I had to like beg, borrow, and plead to go out and pull security for like EOD teams out in, um, Fallujah, so every time they'd get like a call for an IED and stuff like that, we'd we'd ride out with them and set up the security, which was cool. Like it was a lot of fun because it actually felt like you were doing something opposed sure. to generator watch and making sure the generators are fueled up and all that other dumb stuff that's involved in the utility field. And uh, so then, like after Iraq, you know, we came back and I was stationed in Twenty Nine Palms at this point, and I remember the warrant officer we had at the time was like, "You should." go recon and i was like bro fuck that like i'm not re-enlisting to yeah. do it like i've i've had my fill <laughs> you know like you know the marine corps got me good so i'm just gonna get out and then and go to college and of course when you're getting out like everyone's like well you're gonna fail and you'll never be anything without the marine corps <laughs> you know and you're like <laughs> okay whatever and so i got out and i started going to college and doing my undergrad and I was like, you know what? I kind of miss it. I feel like I have like unfinished business with the Marine Corps. So I joined, um, I was living in Alaska at the time. So I joined the anti-terrorism unit out of there. It's just a cool name really, um, for an infantry unit. Cause we weren't doing any anti-terrorism stuff by any means <laughs> in Alaska. <laughs> well, in general, like <laughs> it was just like, all right guys, it's just a name. And they got rid of the unit cause they were like, it's just a name. So, um, I joined that unit and then lap moved to the infantry because at this time I was a sergeant and they were like, well, what do you want to be? You can be an 0311 or you can be an 0351. And so 0311 is just your basic rifleman. Mm -hmm. And then 0351 is your assaultman. And I was like, well, assaultman's cool. Like I have a buddy that actually left the, the water purification field and became an assaultman. And he was like, dude, it's a super cool job. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. You shoot the uh, SMA, which is like the shoulder-mounted assault weapon, I think, if I remember that correctly. I'm yeah. sure someone who listened to it would probably be like, oh, this dude's stolen Valor for sure. He didn't know the name <laughs> of the, the weapon that he shot, you know, 12 years ago or whatever. Like, this dude's a liar. And uh, so I went to the, you know, SOI, School of Infantry, and, and did that for, God, I think it was like 10 weeks. And it was an interesting experience, you know, being definitely – older a sergeant uh at this time i'd already finished like undergrad and i was in grad school and uh doing it through the reserves of course because like you know i just don't really feel like doing the active duty thing because you have no control over anything it's just like hey you're going here and have fun That's you it. know yeah so i i did that and you know obtained the glorious mos of 0351 and then like didn't really use it for anything like we weren't doing any demo or anything like that uh, back at the the unit in Anchorage so then from there um, I was like well this is pretty lame I guess I'll lap move to recon which is where you know I really wanted to be um, and so I called the um, the unit in Hawaii which is fourth force Hawaii which is no longer fourth force Hawaii it's like fourth recon alpha company or whatever they redesignated it to in the last I think it was like a year or two 
and called out there, talked to the master sergeant, and he was like, yeah, dude, just uh, come on out. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean, come on out? You know, And he was like, well, just get out here, and we'll run you through an end dock, and if you pass, you can stay, and if you don't, and you leave. And I was like, like wow, it's simple enough. Yeah, like, it's, it's too simple. So a friend of mine and I, we – got tickets and flew out to Hawaii and showed up and oh, everyone man. was kind of like, who the fuck are you? And we're like, dude, we don't even know, man. Like we just showed up and they're like, all right, well you're here. I guess we'll run an end doc. So we passed and, and they were like, cool. Welcome to the club. <laughs> you know? And I was like, super informal. That's uh, well, yeah, it's just kind of like, it's just recon, man. Like, and they're like, now you can wear black shorts. I was like, sweet, because the Marine Corps is always like green on green for their physical training stuff, PT. Yep. And uh, then they were like, you've now earned black shorts. And I was like, oh, so cool. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, then it just kind of went down like a long process of um, going to BRC, which is the basic reconnaissance course, which I went to and graduated from that and then went back to the unit in Hawaii and, and spent a couple of years there and went to some other schools and did a lot of fun stuff, met, met a bunch of cool dudes, you know, went to, um, Sear dive school, airborne, which was a complete waste of time. And then from there got to free fall and I think that's it. Yeah. That's about it for schools there. And it was just, it was, it was a lot of fun being around, all the guys and I mean, it's just a different mentality. It's not the Marine Corps. Like it was weird. Cause like once you go recon and you start walking around and you know, the uniform on main side, like the tone changes with everybody. Um, they'd see what they call like dual cool, which is your dive bubble and your jump wings. Mm. And, uh, you know, they'd always start out with like, what unit are you with Marine? You'd be like, Oh, I'm with, you know, fourth force recon. They're like, Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. Like, I just want to give you a heads up that there's like some sergeant majors prowling around and they don't like people that don't have fresh haircuts. I'm like, cool, man. Thanks for the heads up. I appreciate it. You know, and it's, and then it kind of just turns into the whole like, well, I almost went recon, but I didn't, you know, and you're like, dude, I'm just trying to eat lunch. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know. If that's, that's great. Like, I, thanks for your service. I don't know what to tell you. And, just comes into like some long conversation of stuff that you don't really care about yeah and uh but it was good it was a good time i i enjoyed it a lot i definitely miss it you know like um just being around the guys i mean i don't necessarily miss the stupidity of the marine corps sure uh and maybe the armed forces um especially with contracting and being around people in the military you're like man i really just feel so sorry for you guys yeah especially with the current climate uh the, the people that are in charge of the military and i use the term in charge very loosely uh it just seems it, it's not a good i mean it's there's too much crazy stuff going on and you know they're, they're concerned with you know what what gender can use what when it's like the whole purpose of the military or you know the marine corps is to kill bad guys yeah uh specifically and so when you spend your entire day on powerpoints of like what bathroom is acceptable to use and other stuff that's <laughs> not important like you're like dude what the fuck yeah yeah because when you're overseas no one's like damn it i can't use that bathroom i really have to go like it just doesn't matter at that point 
And so I think I think we definitely have lost sight of where we need to be. And I think a lot of people feel that way as well. And, you know, elections have consequences and all that stuff. So, I yeah. mean, it's just it's where we're at now. And, um, you know, a lot of the standards are being cut and lowered. And it's not – I'm not saying that, like, I went through, like, the last hard class because everybody you talked to went through it the last hard class, right. you know. Um, but I, I do think – it's it's definitely going to have uh, a negative effect on us in the future, of course. And I mean, that's that's just how you you kind of break down a country. You start from the inside and crush it. Yeah. And and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so you've done a lot of. It sounds like some pretty shitty stuff, and then some maybe maybe literally and pun intended shitty stuff. Yeah. And then also some really really fun stuff. When you started to maybe like look at the the military, did you know that you wanted to go Marine Corps or was it like, "Hey dude, I just graduated high school. I just fucking want to get out of Dodge." Uh so I always knew that I wanted to join the Marine Corps. And okay. Plus I was a uh less than stellar student in high school, so it was basically you know, the Marine Corps is a great place for me. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't really give a shit about high school. Uh, I didn't really see a point to it as long as I passed. Um, and I, I'd known since I was a little kid that I wanted to – I remember watching, like, the Gulf War. So, I mean, that, of course, puts an age on me at that point or at this point. And so I, was, I remember watching Marines on TV in, in the Gulf, and I was like, those are some bad dudes. I like that. And – uh they, of course, I didn't watch the Gulf War episode on water purification, so I didn't know the, the full story of what's involved. But, yeah, so I was just like, I'm going to join, and, uh, you know, I did. And it was good because, you know, I was, I was, I was a punk growing up. Like, uh, I mean, as much of a punk as one could be, I was just like probably your standard kid with a bad attitude because uh, I grew up in Alaska. And um, I didn't really – I knew I didn't want to do college right out of the bat because I, I was a less than stellar student. I didn't really care at all right. about anything academic-wise. It just didn't really capture me. I was really good at gym class. Uh, fuck up gym class. <laughs> um, but when it was, like, math time, I was like, and I'm out. You know, like, I think I skipped more days of school than I attended. Like, basically everything – about me was like this dude's gonna end up in jail right <laughs> you know like <laughs> if if you believe in statistics which i do like the, everything was pointing towards like jail time yeah you're gonna be a product <laughs> of the state and you're gonna wear a cool ankle bracelet and you're gonna be an idiot um not that all people go to jail are idiots before we go down that road <laughs> but uh I was just not headed down a good path. And so I joined the Marine Corps and the Marine Corps has a really good attitude readjustment program that they have. I've heard. Yeah, yeah. They've pioneered it over the years and it worked well. Like I, I I'm a huge smart ass and um, I fucked up once in boot camp, and I don't remember what I said. It was something like the drill instructor said something to me and I was like, this recruit, so I said something back really stupid and oh my God, dude, it was just, it was terrible for the rest of the day. <laughs> like, and I was like, you know, it was what? just a day. I, I've heard that it's like days turn into weeks, turn well, into your whole experience. Well, fortunately, like they saw like a glimmer of something of hope in me. And so I was like a squad leader. Um, so not like it makes it any better, but I was, um, so for whatever reason that that was cool but 
Yeah, that was like, I don't even remember how far along in boot camp I was. I wasn't that far in, but it was enough that I ran my punk little mouth and they fixed it. And uh, I mean, not that I don't run my mouth, but like I knew right then I was like, this this ain't the time and place <laughs> for this because you, you're never going to win. And uh, yeah, I mean, boot camp is boot camp. You know, you got all these kids nowadays that are like, well, tell me what it was like on, on day six around noon. Like, man, I don't fucking know. Like you're there, dude. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, the best advice that I can give to anybody that wants to join the Marine Corps or get into like uh you know a specialized unit like recon or go special forces is you can't stop time yeah um no matter how shitty it is you can look to your left and you look to your right and your buddy is there dealing with the same amount of shit they're cold they're sore they're wet they're probably sandy and uh at some point the evolution you're in is going to come to an end yeah so if you can just mentally get through that you don't need to be the strongest dude or I guess woman, because that's happening now. You don't need to be, you know, like Dolph Lundgren or anything like that. If I even said his name right. Uh, you just have to be mentally there. Um, and a lot of people are like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Like, I'm tough. You know, like, I go home and I fucking hit myself in the shins every day with a broom. Like, That's controlled. Like, you're hitting yourself in the shins with yeah. a broom. Like, you stop. when Like, it doesn't. When you're done. Yeah. You can just be like, well, we're done here. I'm going to go fire up the Xbox and shoot some dudes online. So, yeah, just knowing that you can't, I mean, you can't stop time. Like everything, you know, like we're all coming to an end here at some point. Right. And um, going into with that mindset, that's a game changer. Because, yeah, you're laying in the surf line. It's cold. It's fucking miserable. But you're not going to be there for the rest of your life. It could be five minutes. It could be 10 minutes. It could be hours. You don't know. So when you decide to quit, you could have only had to go another minute mm-hmm. or 30 seconds. And what's another 30 seconds? Just, you know, think of your happy place. It's all it takes. You just got to be mentally strong. And I think, and that's really what they're looking for. Cause there's a lot of people that show up to these courses and whatnot that are just super strong. And, um, it's not it's not the key like yeah you want to be in shape but you also need to be mentally strong as well uh i remember it was probably like day two or day three of the basic reconnaissance course and and this one kid was like i i no longer want to be here and he was telling me this because i was i was a class leader at this time and uh and i was like okay like that's your decision and i was like why is it that you don't want to be here and I think he was like, my, my dog needs me at home. And, and you know, you, you think to yourself, well, what the fuck does that mean? Like it's a, it's a dog, right? You know, no offense to all the dog owners out there, you know, people are like, well, hold up here. I'm done with this podcast. As you're loving. Yeah. As I'm petting your dog who has not Not left left yourself. Yeah. Like I'm taking this dog with me just a heads up. And, um, but like it turns into, you have to, that person is justifying it and it can be anything like, I mean, you, you start to hear like these instructors probably can tell you all types of weird stories. Like, dude, I just don't feel that my postman's delivering mail on time and I need to be there to check it. And for whatever reason in that individual's head, they have deemed that as like, this is, it's okay to quit and leave because I need to check the mail. Right. 
And to them, it makes sense. And you'll never get to the bottom of it as to why it worked. And it makes it difficult because a lot of people, um, just getting to that point takes a lot, Yeah, you know? So it's like, you've already moved ahead of like 99% of the pack. Now you're, you're in, let's just say like an elite group of individuals that are usually mentally strong and physically strong and know what they want and they're, they're working towards a goal. Mm-hmm. So then from that point, like you start weeding out people that are in that like already alpha male group. And so it's kind of interesting to just to watch and you know, you got people you're like, this dude will be here at the end. And then like three hours later, they're like, he's gone. I'm done. Yeah. This I've had enough. So that's, you're making an interesting point. Right. And I mean, think of your happy place, people deeming something being the most important, right? Mm-hmm. What to you, I maybe have a couple questions and one might be a dumb question, but what to you is different, the difference between being intelligent versus being uh, mentally strong? That's a good question. I think it's might be a little bit of a difficult question to to answer because intelligence comes in all types of form. You know, you have your savants and then you have your book smart, you have your street smart, you have people that can look at something and remember it and regurgitate it. And so I would say somebody that is smart is somebody that can then navigate all of those fields mm-hmm. and, and can move freely amongst all of that. Like you don't need to be book smart. You just need to have common sense type deal. Um, but then it's also hard to measure all these variables. You know, there's certain psychological studies and whatnot that if people dive into the deep end on this stuff, but you know, I don't think diving in super deep is really all that necessary. I mean, you can keep asking, well, why and never get done with it. Um, I, I learned from being in, you know, this, in the reconnaissance community, like, uh, either you have it or you don't. Um, and you don't know if you have it until you get to that point where you need to have it. Okay. If that makes sense, that's kind of like some philosophical shit, I mm-hmm. guess, you know, like yeah, thanks, Nietzsche. <laughs> yeah. The water is wet <laughs> type deal. Um, because everybody that joins these things, you talk to anybody and not one of them is like, yeah, dude, I'm going to fail probably day one. You know, every person going into this is like, dude, I'll be standing tall. I'll have my trident. I'll have my, you know, my, my crest uh, or my, the, the knife they give you at SF. I'll have my pararescue stuff. You know, nobody is like, dude, the, the goal is, is to make it to day one you know yeah everyone's like i'll be i'll be you know the instrument of death for the united states of america (laughs) in the next few months type deal and um but then when they're there and it's cold and you're you're soaking wet and you've got sand in places that you've never had sand before it changes everything and it it gives you a different outlook you know, it's like, well, how much longer can I uh, deal with this? And it's like, you can deal with it in the short term. Cause that's really what it is. It's, it's a short term thing or you can quit okay. and just be done. You can go get warm and then you can instantly regret that. Cause I think most people that quit, you know, they, they felt like some instant gratification cause they're allowed into the vehicle. 
they're looking at everybody on the beach still or the people holding a telephone pole and they're like, man, that's not me anymore. But then when reality sets in and they're like, well, fuck, I just gave up my dream. And the thing about that is, is you could have been an hour into the course. You could have been 10 weeks into the course. You'd be at whatever point. But now in order for you to come back, you have to repeat everything. everything. They're, they're not like, oh, you quit and you were on week six. So just, just jump on in, dude. You're, it's good. Um, but at the time, like they're quitting and they're, they're stopping or whatever makes sense to them. However, they, they sold it to themselves. Right. And then you also see within these, these elements, once the quitting begins, once that floodgate opens, then it's more people quit because they're like exodus yeah they're like well dude i didn't think that dude would ever quit and he just quit so there's no way i'm making it through this right and so it's crazy to watch because now you're getting trapped you know thrashed in the pool or whatever it is and all these people are quitting and they're gonna go have a hot meal and be done with it but um you know the guys at the the unit in hawaii they told me they're like dude if you quit don't ever show your face on this island again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All right, then well, I'd like to be able to go to Hawaii at some point again in my life. So right. I better not quit. And uh, yeah, it was just like, it was, it was more of a, like a humbling experience of like finding yourself and finding what you're capable and what you can do in a team. Cause a lot of events are team and there are also individual events, you know, like land nav, there's no team in, in land nav. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's that's a big eye-opener. And, you know, you got to get out there in the, the woods. And, and Pendleton is pretty shitty for land nav, um, especially at night. Um, it was where they do the, the course. And so, I mean, I failed the, the night portion um, on the graded event. And that was, that was like, that was terrible. Because I remember I was talking to the instructor, and I was like, I couldn't even talk. I was basically like in tears because I was so stressed about not being able to come back to Hawaii, <laughs> you know, like, and, and so I'm telling the instructor, I was like, I'm never going to be allowed in Hawaii. And this dude's probably like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Like a grown ass man. Like you can't go back to Hawaii. He was just like, dude, you, you can go to Hawaii. I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> like these dudes told me, don't come back to Hawaii. I like Hawaii. And, um, it just kind of, I guess you like find yourself, you know, and you find out like what you're made of and what you're capable of and, and just how far you can take it. Yeah. So how did you, and this is, this is a fun question for me, but how did you learn to push yourself, right? And not kind of fall into the, man, I, I don't know if the mailman's delivering on time kind of mentality. And like, how did you, how did you keep priority and focus? Well, first off, I wanted to be able to go back to Hawaii. Okay, that's fair. So that's, that, a good, that's a good selling yeah, that's point. That's a motivator for anybody. <laughs> like, if you don't do this, you can never go to Hawaii. Right. <laughs> um, for there, like, if I recall correctly, I never – I don't recall ever thinking about quitting. Mm-hmm. So when I showed up to the basic reconnaissance course, I went in with, like, I'm going to go to the end. Like, I will be here until they scrape my dead body. Sure off of the the asphalt but i was also older and i knew that this was like my one this is my one shot type deal um there wasn't going to be like okay i made it six weeks i quit i can come back it was either it was one and done 
So for me, like I, I knew the consequences if I quit. One, I can't come back to Hawaii. Two, I don't ever come back to this course. Uh, and three, like I'm, I'm in my mind now a failure. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want any of that in my life. And of course, those you know they're not in order in any unknown order. Just know that Hawaii is very important. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, through the course, yeah, it sucked. It was terrible, uh, and it's supposed to be. And um, you know, anybody that has gone to it will attest to it. And um, but it also the whole point of it is, is it toughens you up for like the hard work because they say like this is the easy stuff. You know, you, you got to get to your unit and you'll be starting to do workups and stuff like that mm-hmm. or possible deployments and. You know, when I was in, um, everything was kind of dying down. It wasn't, they weren't, you know, the, the guys that like first force and first recon and all the other reconnaissance units, like they weren't sending platoons out there that, you know, you hear about them just laying waste to enemies. That was more or less over. Like it had all shifted into intelligence gathering, ISR stuff, which is, you know, intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance through the use of drones and, and, and stuff like that. So it wasn't necessarily like boots on the ground, kicking in doors and doing stuff like that. Sure. Um, which is, of course, because the military has shifted and saw that like sending out a squad or a platoon to just patrol makes them, an, a, you know, an easy target. It's the, everybody like the enemy is everywhere out there everybody's watching you and whatnot so um it it shifted focus to like you know smaller scale raids of you know that people would gather intelligence on a, a house or whatever a cell out there and then they would send in like a small scale unit or small size unit to do like a, a raid capture intel and then come back real you know quick hit and get out type deal yeah and so um yeah, like it's it's just a, a major shift, you know. Now you have recon that, that they're mainly on Muse, uh, which is the Marine Expeditionary Unit. So they sit on a boat and they travel all over the place and they do whatever is needed by the Mew commander and whatnot. So, I mean, the mission is always changing to fit the needs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So then when you were in recon, um, and, and you're the first recon Marine I think I've ever spoken to. So I'm not super familiar with, I guess, what exactly – recon is and does is it is it exactly just it's you said and i'm kind of processing as i'm thinking it's uh what you guys did was not necessarily boots on the ground kicking indoors it was more sneaking around so work so it depends on what what time period you're looking at okay so i mean the the guys that were part of the initial invasion Mm -hmm. they were doing a lot of reconnaissance and then it shifted to um, them doing patrols okay and they were doing like kicking kicking doors in and whatnot and capturing dudes, um, but they were also doing that in the initial phases as well. So I mean, reconnaissance mission is of course reconnaissance. Mm-hmm. It's uh, obvious. Yeah. So I mean, you know, <laughs> the the, the skill set is to get eyes on a target for the commander for them to make an informed decision to send in infantry marines to do the raid and whatnot. But then, of course, you've got, like, First Force that was doing raids on their own, and they were gathering their own intelligence and whatnot. So I think, the you know, the nice thing about reconnaissance is it's very uh, fluid. Mm, okay. uh, it's not like, well, we only do this, and that's it. Uh, and plus, you're dealing with a different type of mindset um, with Marines and whatnot, where basically they're just, like, caged animals, and they get beaten, and they're like, okay, well, we'll let them out. And it's like, let's just try to keep the war crimes to a minimum type deal 
not saying that no, that was a joke. There's no war <laughs> crimes. Um, but you know, it's like a different mindset when you're working with army guys and they're just like, yeah, that's cool, man. Like we can do that. And then you have Marines. that are like, let's just go in there and we'll just kill fucking everybody. <laughs> and, and that's, that was like, that's the, inf- like, that's what they want to do. Right. And, and people are scared. They're like, well, wait a minute. That's not, <laughs> that's not okay. That's not the solution most no. of the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's just talk to him. Like, it's like, dude, that's, that's a, the guy makes IEDs for a living. I don't think you're going to talk him out of it. Like he hates you. That's the end. There's, there's only one language he speaks and that's uh, shooting him in the face. Yeah. Dead you. Yeah. yeah. And so, and not that I was doing any of that. Like I missed a lot of that. Um, I've got a lot of friends that were heavily involved in, in that stuff. And, and, uh, it's interesting to hear their stories. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I did a lot more, I guess you could say like air quotes, cool guys stuff. Um, when I was flying drones as a contractor, cause during that point, like, you know, we're, we're moving quite a bit ahead. Um, timeline wise, I was, you know, flying drones in Afghanistan looking for shitheads. Mm-hmm. And so we would, we would find what the military deemed a shithead. And we would report that to the, the staff that we were working with. And we'd be like, we found a shithead right here. <laughs> and then we would sit there and watch them for a little bit. And then they'd be like, well, who do we have on station to kill said shithead? So then it was like, well, we've got an A-10, you know, here. We've got a Predator or a Reaper here. We've got an F-16 here. And they would just be like, who can get here the soonest? And so at that point, you know, you're just maintaining a visual on this person and just following them around. It's kind of creepy if you think about it. Yeah, just waiting for it to go white. Well, yeah, I mean... I mean, you've seen, dude, I've seen some weird shit, <laughs> you know, on the, on the, in HD, it's like, man, that dude's head popped off, you know? And, um, and it, it's kind of like, like the first time we did it, um, or I was involved in a strike, I was doing a BDA, which is, uh, uh, the assessment for it. And I remember this guy had been cut in half by a rocket. I want to say the air, it was set on air burst. So it just shredded this fucking dude. And he was crawling across the street trying to get to his legs. And I was just flying a little drone with an Xbox controller watching this. And then finally someone was like, oh, I think, think we've seen enough of that. And I remember trying to like internalize it or figure it out. And I was like, damn, I'm watching this dude and in real time because there's no latency on these ones crawling across a street trying to get through his legs it's fucking crazy yeah and then they're like all right well let's go over to this grid and they gave me another grid and i left and uh, i think we came back later to see what happened he was gone so the meat wagon is what we called it showed up they they were it's like an ambulance but not they would just show up and scoop these dudes up throw them in the back of the meat wagon and and take off and just gone (laughs) you know you're like this is crazy, but it's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting line of work, you know, and then, and then you just spend all day flying this little drone around looking for people with weapons or, you know, that the Intel section would give us like hotspots for known um, IED mm-hmm. makers or people that were high up in the uh, Taliban chain of command. And we would just soak those buildings and, wait there for a long time and then you see some shithead come outside with an AK and it was game on. Mm. And then, you know, I've seen anything from like 
you know, an A-10 gun run cut dudes down or uh, one guy, like, ate a rocket. I've seen a lot of people eat rockets. Yeah. They usually – it fucks them up pretty good. Um, gun runs are usually the coolest to watch. And so it would, like – I remember one in particular, like, uh, this – it was so close to where we were at, like, you could hear it as it was going off, which was kind of crazy. Yeah. You know, because an A-10 is pretty loud uh, when it when it does its thing, so – that was a pretty cool, cool job. It was a lot of fun, you know? Yeah, that seems it, – it's kind of funny because I want to say intense, but not in, like, the physical – like, you're not there, right? Yeah, you're in no harm Yeah, at which all. is super weird to think about, right? Like, I'm kind of thinking about this. Like, did that – and I'm, this might be, like, a super weird question, but, like, did that fuck you up at all? I mean, did, did it take a while to get used to, like, hey, like, like watching this guy crawl – like like drag himself across the street you know like this is what i signed up for after i mean you never know what you signed up for until you're there sure you know what i mean it's like hey you want to sign up for me to kick you in the dick (laughs) you're like yeah let's do it and then when it happens you're like that was fucking terrible like i don't (laughs) never doing that again and so when i took the job i I knew what i was getting into okay like i knew that i was going to be doing something like that but you never really know what you're getting into until you're there and so when i saw that for the first time it kind of was like wow that's was fucking crazy. Yeah. And then it was just business as usual. From that point on, it was just show up and work your 12-hour day and that's it. That's it. And then go eat dinner and take a shower and go to bed, rinse and repeat every day. Huh. And uh yeah, it was I mean it was it was cool like it you know, I'd show up and sit there and drink my coffee and follow somebody for However long, and then maybe watch him die later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, while drinking the coffee, and then I would go back and watch a movie, huh. and just kind of hang out and shoot the shit. And so I guess I don't feel that it fucked me up. It was just a job. Yeah, really. No, that's fair. And uh, it wasn't me pulling the trigger. These weren't the the drones I were fl- I was flying weren't armed. It was the military doing theirs. You know, like I would present them with the facts. And then they could do whatever they wanted to do with it at that point. Sure. That's fair. so, um, yeah, it was just, it was interesting. Yeah. I kind of miss it. You know, it was, it was fun. So how did you get into that? Because I feel like flying drones is a pretty technical thing to know how to do. So I actually got into it um, from via Instagram. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can only imagine how sketchy. Hey, do you want to come fly? drones right. and I'll get, and kill and kill people not like indirectly well yeah so the conversation was a little different than that like I <laughs> I I, uh, I had just gotten divorced and I was sitting at my parents house and this was 2017 and I was on Instagram wasting my life and uh, I was talking to this this guy who's a friend now and I was like dude I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do you know, it's just one of those things where post-divorce is never exciting. I mean, anything divorce-wise is not exciting unless you're a sicko. And uh, he was like, you ever thought about flying drones? I was like, no, never. Like, the thought had never crossed my mind. Yeah. And he was like, well, I know a guy that's friends with a guy that knows a guy, and I think they're hiring for drone pilots. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Fuck it. Actually, this was 2015. Timeline is way off. And so, this yeah, 2015. 
And so he gets me this email address. And I email the address the next day, and they respond. And I was like, oh, did not expect that. You know, like, fuck. <laughs> you know, it's, now, now I have to fire back. And they're like, yeah, give it, you know, when are you free to talk? You're like, I got to put pants on. Yeah, I was like, fuck. <laughs> got to finish this coffee. And I was like, well, I'm free whenever. Let me know. So I think we talked like that day or the next day or whatever. And uh, I, w- I, I reiterated multiple times that I have zero fucking experience. Yeah. You know, I didn't want them to be like, oh, we totally misunderstood <laughs> you and thought you were experienced. And so they were like, well, can you come down for an interview? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? So they bought me a plane ticket down to um, where they were at. And I was like, man, this is fucking weird. And so I flew down because they were out of Oregon. So I flew down, flew into Portland. Uh, they were like, rent a vehicle, drive out. And they're out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And I was like, man, this is <laughs> sketchy. No shit, dude. <laughs> like, this, <laughs> I'm going to be on some weird film here real quick. <laughs> and uh, so, like, I, I met up with them and they were super cool and uh, did an interview. And they were just like showing me videos of like people dying via drone strikes. And I was like, that's cool. Don't really know what's going on, but that's okay, you know? And then they're like, hey, you want to go to lunch? And I was like, sure. Went to lunch and turns out one of the guys that was interviewing me was at one of the Marine units I was at when I was on active duty. And so we like knew a lot of the same people. And then at the end of lunch, they're like, hey, dude, have you ever flown a helicopter? And I was like, no, I've, I've never flown a helicopter. Like, it's such a random question, you know, like, and they're like, do you want to? I was like, well, fuck, yeah, let's, okay. Because they also ran a, a flight school. And uh, they're like, all right, well, uh, no drinking at lunch, and you can fly a helicopter when we get back. <laughs> okay, deal. And um, so we get back, and I flew around in, a, I think it was a, a Cabri helicopter for like 45 minutes. Yeah, like did some hovering stuff, and... Flew, like it was it was super weird and it just put you in a helicopter yeah with, with an instructor of yeah, course okay, like you know, they're not like never done this cool here's here's an expensive helicopter sign here 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 and best of luck like to you my dude fly, flight instructor yeah yeah that was definitely an instructor there and uh flew around i was like that's fucking cool you know like never flown a helicopter and i was like man this this is strange to me like no one like usually an interview sucks right that it's like super awkward yeah, like not normal you know and they're like tell us about a time where you told your boss to go fuck yourself and how did you make it through that and you're like okay so there i was you know and uh so got done with that and um went home and like nothing happened with it you know they were like they were like um well, we don't have any slots available at the the school that we send people to train. So just like call back. So yeah. I called back fairly regularly for a couple of months and then nothing panned out. And I was like, well, that's not happening. And, uh, so then out of the blue, they called me in 2017. I was, I remember I was laying in bed and, and this was like, that's a long wait. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I waited, I was ready. And I remember I was on my phone and this was at like seven in the morning or whatever. So it was eight in, in um, Portland or Oregon. And uh, the guy called and I was like, I am not answering this. Cause I was like, you know, hello. <laughs> so I let me go to voicemail and uh, it was the, one of the bosses and he was like, Hey, you know, we're wondering if you're still interested. And I was like, man, this is fucking weird. So I called back and 
they're like, you still interested? I was like, yeah, I'm interested. And they're like, okay, well, you know, uh, we're going to have to interview you again. And I was like, all, all right, whatever. And, and I asked, I was like, is this going to be the same as last time where like we go through all this and I get super excited and then nothing happens. And yeah, they're like, no, no, this is different. Like this is a different contract and this is something for over in Afghanistan. So I was like, all right, cool. You know? So I went through the interview thing and then it was right before Christmas of 2017. They were like, you have the job. And I was like, cool. And so went down there and they taught me how to fly this thing in a couple of weeks. And they're like, and now you're going to go to Afghanistan. So I ended up in Afghanistan, like mid April of 2018. And I was there for, I think four and a half months, the first time, maybe five months. And, uh, it was cool, man. It was a lot of fun. Got to work with a lot of good people. Uh, I mean, it was Afghanistan. So that part sucked, but, uh, it was a fun job. Yeah. It was definitely interesting to say the least. And that's kind of like how I got into the drone world. And, um, yeah, I did that for a few years and spent most of my time in Afghanistan, did a little bit of stuff in Africa and did a lot of stuff like stateside and then got into like counter UAS stuff. And it was, and it was, it was interesting. So, huh. So how then did all that lead into coffee? Cause I feel like that's like hard left. Dude, so the coffee thing was super weird as well. Um, so I got like, we'll, we'll just, I guess, Instagram famous, which is so stupid to say. Like, my account just took off and people cared about what I had to say. And I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> you know, like, nobody should give a shit about anything I have to say. And, you know, people were like, oh, my God, it's you. You're you're the guy, you know. Like, got recognized a few times. And I was like, this is... uh fucking strange you know like i'm the type of person like i don't really want to talk to anybody like i'm not like oh bro i'm i'm c state you know what up like you know people that introduce themselves (laughs) as their like handle i'm like bro you're a loser (laughs) like nobody give like what you know they're like you don't know little little tummy sticks you know like yeah (laughs) i'm like no i don't know who the fuck that is (laughs) and um and so like i remember i just randomly one day at my house um you know, during this like post divorce, trying to figure out like what, what I'm doing in life. Uh, I decided, I was like, you know what? I want my own coffee roast. And that was it. And so I reached out (laughs) to some companies and, uh, I was like, Hey, I'm trying to do coffee. Like I had no idea what it was, but I was like, I drink a lot of coffee. I like coffee. Fuck it. Let's do coffee. Okay. And this was like before all these you know, veteran coffee companies had, um, blown up. And it seems like now everybody, it's like a microbrewery. There's, Oh my God, another veteran roaster. Get the fuck out of here. Like, that's so crazy. Um, and so like I I got linked up with a a friend who's a good friend of mine now and we were doing the coffee thing and they were, they're roasting it for me and shipping it out. You know, I did the tasting and all that stuff. And then when I went to Afghanistan, I bought like an air roaster and I was roasting coffee out there. Cause I was like, well, fuck, you know, I should, learn a lot more about this or a lot more than what I already know. And so I was roasting out there and giving it to Marines and selling it to other, anybody that was like, fuck, I'll buy a bag. And so I sold it to them. Excuse me. Um, and so I was doing that and then I bought a roaster. And so when I came back from Afghanistan, I got it set up. I got, you know, the food inspection and all that bullshit, uh, that, that comes along with it. And I just started, I just took what I knew and I just started moving it out from there. And, um, you know, it's been like a long, hard road because 
I've had so many ups and downs in life where I've like had to stop the coffee and then like pick it back up. Like in Afghanistan, like my one, my first and only like one star review was some fuckhead. Um, sorry to put him on blast, but the review is still on Facebook. So if you go to see <laughs> state coffee and you look at the one star review, I'm pretty sure this dude was mad because he couldn't buy coffee. And I responded to him. I'm like, bro, I'm in Afghanistan. Like, even if I were to sell you coffee, like you're not going to get it for fucking months. Yeah. And it's not going to be fresh. So that's out the window. Like, just go to the store and buy some fucking shitty coffee. Right. Um, I, I just, I, I couldn't wrap my head around, like, how is it that you are mad that you can't buy coffee from me because I'm in Afghanistan? Like, I can't, I can't change that. Yeah. Um, and it's still up there. Like, Facebook didn't take it down. So, you know, <laughs> fuck. So it's a 4.9 out of 5. So I guess it, that tells you a lot. And, um, you know, from there, like I started, you know, I drink a lot of coffee and I'd sample a lot of people's coffee and I'm like, this coffee is not good. It doesn't taste good. It's underdeveloped. It's over roasted. Um, it, and there's, it could be better. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, it, it's like anything, you don't need to reinvent the wheel, just make it better. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what I set out to do is make it better. Keep the price point down so that people can enjoy premium coffee. Uh, cause the beans I get are of higher quality than what most roasters get and develop it to a flavor profile that tastes good. Uh, and it's all based off of what I enjoy. And mm -hmm. so far it's been successful. I mean, yeah. unless everybody's just lying to me, which is a, <laughs> it's a possibility. Hey, one star review. Yeah. Yeah. Hence that guy. Uh, and so, um, I just kept going with it from there. And so now that like, um, I have ample amount of free time now that uh, I'm no longer working for anybody. I'm uh, working for myself. Um, I, I'm taking it, you know, further now, and I'd like it to be more of a staple and whatnot. Yeah. <clears throat> I convert a lot of people. I get a lot of people that are like, well, I drink coffee brand whatever, so I'm a connoisseur of coffee. And the first thing I'm like <laughs> – no, you're not. You know, that's like, that's like being someone being like, I only drive high end cars. I'm like, Oh, what do you drive? They're like, Oh, Kia Sportage. I'm like, no, nah, dude. You, you, okay. I mean, maybe that's in your budget, but that's not high end dog. Yeah. Like you need to chill out with that. And so, uh, I enjoy converting a lot of people that are like, you know, I drink brand whatever and, and, um, it's really good. I'm like, well, just try this and let me know how you like it yeah so what what to you then is a is uh you, you said don't reinvent the wheel make it better or do better what mm -hmm. does that what does that mean so for me it means freshness mm -hmm. so a lot of coffee companies they'll just roast up a lot of coffee or they'll get a lot of roasted coffee and they'll let it just sit in an open air bin for weeks months whatever until they sell it okay so it's not fresh um, and so you'll see that on a lot of coffee bags. If you just go to like an Albertsons, a Walmart or something like that, and you look at coffee bags, there's no roasted on date. It has a best buy date. Mm. And so when you see like best buy that who knows where it's been and how long it's been there. Okay. And so with what I do is it has a roasted on date. Um, and so that tells you that it was roasted either yesterday or uh, you know, this morning <laughs> yeah um and so usually like coffee goes through a bunch of different processes so when somebody orders on my website and you know i then accept that order and then i go to my warehouse and i fulfill that order and i you know take the green beans and i put it in my roaster and then i you know roast it for however long and to whatever temperature depending on the roast i pull the beans 
you know, let them cool, put them in the bag, seal the bag, put the bag inside of a box, put a packing label on or a shipping label on it and take it to the post office or UPS, depending on whatever they choose. And then by the time that coffee arrives at their door, it's just, it's finished. It's off gassing process. Yeah. Uh, it's as fresh as you can get it. And it's, it's a phenomenal smooth cup of coffee opposed to other people or other brands that I feel they do a huge disservice to their customer base because they're not buying high quality beans. They're, they're cutting corners because all it is to them is a money making game. Now, of course, businesses have to make money, but you know, on my end, like if I, if I lose out on a dollar, like I'm still making money and I'd rather have a repeat customer that enjoys the product opposed to a one and done because customer acquisition in the coffee world is, is fairly expensive for the end user. Um, there's so many coffee brands out there. It's like micro breweries, you know, this, you go to Oregon or Washington state and there's 10,000 IPAs, you know, and it's like, it's a, it's a saturated market. Um, and it's a hard sell because also people don't like to change. So you have those, I mean, I've had people that are like, I just like Folgers. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry to hear that because that shit is disgusting. <laughs> um, but they've been around for so long that they're just, you know. Ingrained. Yeah, they, yeah. It's, that's all they like and that's what they drink. And I'm like, I'd rather not drink coffee than drink Folgers. Right. Like, I've gotten to the point where if I walk into a room and there's a pot of Folgers, like, I can smell it and I'm instantly disgusted. <laughs> and I'm like, have some self-respect, man. Like, spend a few more dollars. You know, if you're going to go to a high-end restaurant, you're not ordering shit food. Right. Um you're buying expensive food and you get what you pay for. Uh, and so with C state coffee, you're getting, I think in my opinion, of course, you know, it's subjective. Uh, you're getting a better cup of uh, a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, that's what you need. Uh, it's smooth. It doesn't have the bitterness. It doesn't, it's not burnt. It hasn't been sitting on the shelf for nine months waiting for somebody to buy it. Um, and then also, like, if you purchase from me, like, you have a direct connection to me at that mm. point. Like, I've always, as long as you're not batshit crazy <laughs> and you message me, like, it's, I'll talk to you. You know, we could talk coffee. We could talk whatever. I don't really care. Like, I'm, I'm there 100% of the time. So, like, you know, once you jump in on that and you're, you're a customer, like, you're, you're, I guess you could say, like, part of the coffee family or whatnot. Like, your opinion is important to me, as I said unless you're batshit crazy. Cause I've gotten some weird stuff as yeah. everybody does on Instagram. You're like, bro, where, where are you coming from? Like, do you need me to call somebody? And, uh, so it's, it's been great taking it to the next level and, and progressing it because generally like there are a few people have been like, ah, your coffee's just not for me. And that's fine. You know, that I, everything is not for everybody. Right. Uh, for example, like I fucking hate olives. Like, and, and my girlfriend is like, let's do some fucking olive fingers and I'm going to eat olives off my fingers. And I'm, I'm just disgusted by it. Like <laughs> olives are the most disgusting thing in the world. I can't, you know, and, and every time like I meet somebody new and they're like, Oh, have you tried an olive? Like, no motherfucker. I have not tried an olive in 30. I just guessed that I didn't like it. And so, it, you know, like 
I, nothing about an olive is enjoyable. Right. Like if there's an olive in something, I don't want it. Get rid of it. And I, I sympathize with that. I don't you. like olives. Dude. Usually people are like, oh, dude, olives are so no, good, no, man. No, no, like no. Olives and pickles. I, I don't like pickles. I like pickles. See, it, I fucking hate pickles. And and that's and that's my point. You know, like yeah. there, you could be like, I love this coffee and I could try it. And I'd be like, this is terrible. Yeah. You know, and and that's the other problem you run into is when it comes to like stuff that people like. And you offend them because now we live in a culture of I'm offended. Right. You can't offend me. And so when you tell somebody like that coffee you drink is not good, they're like, well, who are you? Yeah. You know, and it's like, <laughs> well, I have a little bit of experience in the coffee game. Like I know a thing or two about it. Yeah. Um, and it's not like alcohol. You know, at the end of the, like after your first shot, you're like, you don't I don't taste fucking know what's happening. <laughs> and so with coffee like you keep tasting it you right. know it's not like well after the first cup it's all the same you know no and uh i like the coffee that i roast because it to me like it still jacks me up like i still get a caffeine high and and as a, a coffee addict i don't think i should be getting caffeine highs anymore right you know i mean it's like a drug addict they have to up their dose of <laughs> meth or whatever or what uh, i don't know i'm not a drug addict because i have no idea how it works but i'm assuming that at a certain point they need more right and uh with this stuff like you know, like right now we've, I've had two cups of my own coffee at your house and, and I'm fucking jacked, but it's not like a, like my heart's going to explode. Yeah. Jack. All right. We had a bit of a intermission there. Yeah. And then the dogs went nuts and then, well, uh, coffee is liquid and I had to hit the head and I think I did the same. Yeah. But not not at the same same time. time. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Different bathrooms. Next time (laughs) (laughs) we'll cross the stream. Deal. No. Uh, all right. So we were talking, uh, coffee, heart racing, not giving you too big of a high, but feeling good. I feel the same. Cause like I drink a shit ton of coffee every day. Like I think I drink at least one pot of coffee Mm -hmm. solo by myself. And the two cups that I've had so far since we've been recording and like BSing, I've been like even keel this whole time. Yeah. It's been awesome. Yeah. No, it's good. It's, it's done right. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants to have like to be on the verge of a heart attack. Right. Uh, and so I think if you can get a smooth, decent caffeine high, good coffee. So it doesn't, you're not choking it down. You don't need creamer. You don't need sugar, whatever. You don't need whiskey or whatever you put in there. Bailey's. Yeah. You just drink it straight. Yeah. And I think that's, I drink my coffee black, you know, back in the day when I drank, uh, Folgers, uh, it was mainly creamer with a dash or a splash of Folgers. Sure. And you know, like I thought that was, I was like, man, I'm drinking coffee. I'm an adult, you know? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I just started like moving up the, the coffee chain. I was like, well, shit, I'll try some Starbucks. And then I drank that. And then I moved on to like locally roasted stuff in Alaska. And then I was like, man, this could be a whole lot better. Right. And then kind of just jumped all the way into it. Used my, uh, contracting money to buy roaster or a, well, I have two roasters. I have a, a small roaster for like profile roasting, which is like developing the cup of coffee. And then I have my large roaster for production. Okay. And then I bought a uh, K-cup machine so I can make K-cup pods. Because a lot of people are like, K-cups just don't give a good cup of coffee, which is true. They're generally pretty shitty. Sure. However, like the K-cups that I make in-house are filled with coffee that's been it's fresh roasted Mm -hmm. and then you also get almost twice as much coffee per pod and so of course when i was getting into this i have tried the coffee pods and i was like this is actually a good cup of coffee because you know you go to a hotel and they have the keurig in there and they've got the little green mountain coffee pods and you make it and it's basically just 
water with food coloring in it, and it's <laughs> it's totally worthless. Um, but with these K cups that I make or uh, pods, you get an actual good cup of coffee. Right. Because I remember the first one I had, I was like, "Fuck, that's actually good," you know. Like, and so like anything that I want to sell or or to customers, like I don't I don't want them to be like. Well, I just got taken. Yeah. You know, I right. want them to be like, that was a good cup of coffee. Or, you know, like the shirt or the mug I bought is legit. Quality, like, yeah. Yeah, like the mugs that I have, they're all handmade uh, in America um, by a company that's owned by a Marine. And so, like, the biggest thing I run into is people are like, man, it's so expensive. Like, well, yeah, it's not made in China. Uh, it's, you know, it's a small roastery. It's better than anything you get at the store. Cause some people are like, well, I can get a bag of Starbucks for like eight bucks at the store. Like you're also getting what you pay for. I think Starbucks is like six bucks or something, right? but it's, it's disgusting. So how long does it take for you to develop a flavor? Cause you said that, you know, you work through a profile, right? Mm-hmm. How long, how long does it take for you to develop a flavor that you are comfortable putting out to market? You know, it really doesn't take that long, and it starts with picking the bean. Okay. So uh, the bean has a cupping score. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. You've got graders um, that grade the coffee, and they've got these sophisticated palates, and they slurp the coffee and then spit it back out, and they're like, I taste. It's like wine. Yeah, exactly. And they, they're like, I taste this and that and this, and they write it all down, and then they come to a conclusion that if you make this coffee, you have a chance of tasting X, Y, and Z. So then I get that report from uh, the distributor that I use, and it says, you know, cupping score of whatever, and then it says tasting notes of whatever. So if you go on my website, you'll see that the tasting notes are on the description. I don't know if I have the cupping score. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. It's honestly hard to keep up with everything when it's just like myself. And, oh, um, I can't even imagine. Dude, it's 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 fucking terrible. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like my girlfriend helps out a lot with a lot of stuff, but – there's shit where, you know, I'll be like, damn, I need to update that. But it's, it's me, you know, and it's, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's hurting cats is what it is. Um, but it's starting to get to the point where I'll probably need to start hiring people and whatnot to really, you know, wrangle it all in. Right. But getting back to uh, picking coffee is like, I'll pick stuff that, that sounds good to me. Um, and so then once you get that coffee in, you can get uh, like a, order a sample of it. And uh, then you use the small profile roaster and you, you will pull it at like a, a general temp and be like, all right, either it tastes good or does not taste good. Uh, so you let it off gas and go through its process and sit for a little bit, then make a cup of coffee and you're like, okay, that's good mm-hmm. or not good. If it passes the good test, then it's all right, cool. We can take this to market. Uh, if it doesn't pass the good test, then it, it, it does not come to market. Um, and so, so far, I've been fairly successful with it. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, no, nobody's been like, bro, <laughs> stop. Did you shit in a bag? <laughs> like, no, no, I didn't. Uh, and so, it's it's been good uh, so far. And I'm also very fortunate to have, uh, I linked up with a guy, a, a local roaster here who's been doing it for a while, who's got like 10 years of roasting experience. And so, we, it's like, I'll just bounce ideas off him. I'll be like, this country these tasting notes what do you think and he'll be like no yeah no that's <laughs> terrible and i'll be like okay what about this one he'll be like that makes a damn good cup of coffee yeah i'm like cool let's do it and then we we do it and we take it to market and it, it does pretty well so a lot of people are like i mean the general question you get is like what has the most caffeine sure you know everybody because everybody wants 
caffeine. Yeah, I mean, nobody. <laughs> it's like <laughs> drinking a non-alcoholic beer. Like, what are we doing here? Um, and so, uh, you know, the lighter roasts have more caffeine in them, and a lot of people think, you know, the dark roast has more caffeine. And I generally um, just attribute it to like, well, how do you like your, your steak cooked? You know what I mean? Like, do you want it cooked to a crisp or it's a shoe sole and disgusting, or do you want it like medium rare or, right. or you know, those sickos that are like, just cut it off and I'll eat it straight, you know? like the, Prefer it alive. Yeah, like, <laughs> if it ain't mooing, I don't want it, you know? And it's like, oh, okay. So it, it really just depends on the person and what they're into. But uh, it's it's fun to, you know, try out different roasts and, and see how they do and, and, and what people like. And, and so far, you know, we, we've had – it's been really successful and whatnot. And the dog is And the like, dog is like, dude, why are you not <laughs> petting me at, like – what yeah. are we doing here? Yeah, dude, he, he's a, he's demanding. It's funny because he's he's like a hundred pounds. Yeah. So like clearly like he moved, ran under your leg and lifts you up. Like, yeah. He just doesn't fucking care. Yeah. That's no, funny. he doesn't give a shit. He's got his ball and now he's getting pet. Like, what, what yeah. more do you want? <laughs> so then, as far as like people that you're like in the market for, like customers that you're trying to either mm-hmm. make converts, who who are who are you trying to get at? Just anybody, or I mean, who if somebody out there that's like, bro, looking for new coffee. Who, who are the people for you? Well, I mean, of course, like anybody is more than welcome to purchase my coffee. I'm not like a, and eh, nope, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'll just refund your money. Bye. Um, but I generally would, you know, like the more outdoor hunting, physical fitness activity, of course, the veteran community, uh, really anybody, you know, and I'm, I'm not, unless you're just crazy, like, yeah. but I'll still like, if you want to buy coffee and you're crazy, like that's fine. Cause I don't know who you are. Like, I don't know that you're crazy. I'm just going to bag it up and I'm going to send it to you. Um, and so like, you know, dialing in the demographic, of course, you know, some people are like, well, I only sell to this demographic. I'm mm-hmm. like, eh, you know, you can do that. Uh, but I'm also not going to draw the line in the sand and be like, I won't sell to this demographic. And I mean, you're all welcome. Uh, at the end of the day, like just drink some good coffee and and uh chill coffee and chill coffee and chill <laughs> and your hope is to make this like life right I mean, yeah you want to take this full time yeah that's definitely um the plan it's been growing uh fairly well okay over the last uh, bit it just really comes down to marketing and figuring out marketing but as i said earlier like i'm the only person doing it except for my girlfriend that helps out but she also has like a real job mm-hmm. so i mean it's it's primarily me on that stuff and so like finding, doing the marketing on myself and then roasting and then fulfilling orders and getting stuff to the post office, like I don't have time to shoot content. And then I also look at a lot of online marketers as like snake oil salesmen, you know, they're like, oh dude, I can totally get you this. And I'm like, bro, I've, I've been on social media for a while and I know you're full of shit. Um, Cause a lot of people are like, oh dude, send me some free coffee and I'll post a photo of it and then you know, people are like, damn, that guy, all those likes, it must be all those sales. Like one like equals one sale. That's absolutely not how it is right. at all. Like, you know, I might say a photo gets like 500 likes. I may get zero sales out of it. Or like another photo gets 50 likes and then I get 10 random sales. It just, it, it's, it's so hard to figure out. Um, yeah. And so it's just finding like the right type of people to like push it and, and I like the organic growth a lot more like paid, paid ads are they're okay. You know, the, to re, uh, branch out and reach more people, 
but I'd rather have people show up and be like, dude, I just want good coffee. And then they try it and then they come back. I'm at the point where, you know, I start seeing the same names over and over and over again, which is a good thing because a lot of people lose their, their customers. You know, they're like, well, why would I spend X amount of dollars at, you know, C-State Coffee when I could go to the store down the street and buy Folgers, Folgers, you know, or I can get a hundred pounds of coffee from Costco for like six bucks. Right. And it's like, yeah, well, it's not good coffee. Um, and you know, just if, if you purchase from me or you come to the store, like you're getting a better quality cup of coffee. Uh, of course I can't do anything about shipping. Everybody's like, dude, shipping. Like what, why is it so high? Like, bro, I don't know. I don't work at the post office. Have I you don't... seen gas prices? Yeah, <laughs> like they have to make money too, you know. And and Amazon basically fucked everybody uh, in small business. Because what a lot of people don't don't realize is like, dude, you're free shipping in Amazon. You pay for that with your subscription. Yeah. And people are oblivious to that. And so they're like, yeah, but at Amazon it's free. And I'm like, no, it's not. You're paying for it with a subscription. Same thing at Costco. Like. The chicken, the rotisserie chicken that's all the way in the back, like, yeah, it's cheap, but you're paying for a membership so that it all works itself out because they've got it, you know, worked out to a formula of like this person's probably the average person will come here this amount of times and spend this amount of money. So if we charge them, you know, whatever the current Amazon membership price is for Amazon Prime of they just raised it. So I think it's like 160 or something. I don't know. You know, and they've divided that by like how many times, you know, someone will make a purchase per month. They're making money mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. They are not losing money. And so even if you do have that one outlier of a person that's like, I order from Amazon every day and I get my money's worth. You also have that person that orders once every couple of months. Right. And so it all works itself self out at the end of the day. Like if I could do free shipping, oh yeah, hundred percent would do it. Like you have to hit a certain monetary Threshold, threshold yeah. to make it to where, because the problem with coffee is it's weight-based. And so if I was selling something that weighed an ounce, shipping would be extremely cheap. You know, but I'm selling something that, like, if you buy a five-pound bag of coffee. That's five pounds. That's, yeah, that's the simple math. It's five pounds. No matter how you, <laughs> how, no matter how you cut it, it's still five pounds. You know, like, what's that's heavier? water filtration math right yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, like, what's heavier, a five-pound bag of coffee or five pounds of feathers? Like, it's still five pounds. And so it it makes it difficult because I know it's hard to get people to spend money, especially Mm -hmm. in this economy and and where things are at. Like people are holding on to their money tight and I totally respect that. Um, And if, you know, as I said, if I could do free shipping on every order. And and we're recording again because somebody rang the doorbell at nine o'clock at night. Who in their right mind does that? I don't know. I didn't order cookies, so. Did you order coffee? No. Oh, wait, your coffee dealer's here. Yeah. <laughs> like a crack, a crack yeah, dealer. Yeah. <laughs> Shady-ass house. <laughs> little slit. Seriously, though. Dude, we've got some shady fucking neighbors. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I think we had at least one OD last year. So, really? Yeah. Maybe it's someone complaining about where my truck's parked. It might be. Fuck them. Whatever. It's fine. It's... Anyways, so... Um, as far as help needed, I mean, are you, you said you might be looking for people to hire on at some point. I mean, are you actively looking? Is that like a fleeting thought right now? Uh, I would say it's a fleeting thought at this point. Oh my God. Okay. Last time somebody rang the doorbell again, again. <laughs> yeah. Apparently we were blocking somebody's driveway, which there was no driveway there. Yeah. It was just a sidewalk. It's super weird. Cause they like park a trailer there. 
too. Uh-huh. And, like, technically, legally, you're not allowed to park a trailer in a public area for, I don't know. Here we are, looking for help, fleeting thought. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if it keeps progressing the way that it is, of course, I'm going to need to bring on more people. But, you know, right now, it's I've got it down, uh, I think. If I were to, like, say I were to hire somebody today, they would just be sitting there staring at me for most of it, you know? <laughs> and I'd be like, I don't know what you need. You can go home. Yeah. You know, so it would be totally, <laughs> totally worthless uh, and whatnot. And so I think in the short term, it's probably eventually figure out, like, marketing, um, how to dial that in. Because, of course, you've got your content creation. And then you got, you know, how are you going to push that ad and what demographics are you going to hit? And then everybody that pushes that, they're like, well, you know, it's 2000 to $10,000 a month for me to run your ad. It's like, you can go fuck yourself. Because, <laughs> you, you know, they can't promise you anything. Right. Like the ad may not do a anything. damn thing. Yeah. And you still owe them this money. So I'm like, nah, I'm good on all that. Like, I'll, I'd rather burn my own money by myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Doing then, what you know will yeah. work. Yeah. And so I've been sticking with the uh, organic growth and just pushing it that way has been been good. And uh, I'll be at the here locally. I'll be doing the Eagles Farmer or Eagle Farmers Market. Yeah, and that starts May seventh. So we'll see how that goes. Like I just ordered the Easy Up for it, and so that was you know fifteen hundred dollars down the drain. But it's gonna look cool as fuck. So <laughs> YOLO, I guess you know. <laughs> like at least, I mean, if anything, I'll have something cool to set up out back and smoke cigars under if right. it's raining <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we'll we'll see how that does and um working on like cold brew as well nice so hopefully have that coming out in the next um i don't know we'll say four to six weeks so probably longer than that you know it's there's always something that you didn't know existed until last you, minute yeah and you're like i didn't know that was a thing <laughs> so um but but everything's been progressing well and it's uh I'm definitely happy with it. So we'll see see where it goes. Maybe it doesn't go anywhere and I go back to flying drones someplace. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, man. So you'll be at the Eagles market. So if people are in kind of the Boise area, yep. come hang out with you this later on this summer, spring and summer. Yep. Where else can people find you? Uh, so other than that, it's mainly online. Uh, there's a local store here, a gun store, Stockpile Defense, that carries it. So you can go in and get ammo and buy some coffee. But other than that, it's predominantly online at cstatecoffee.com and order it there and uh, sign up for the newsletter and get a discount code, I guess. <laughs> Save yeah. some money. And you ship fast because I think I ordered mine when you and I were texting mm -hmm. and then it was out the door like that next day. Yeah, it's generally pretty quick. Um, of course, it's all roasted on order. So it depends. Like if, if there's only, if I only need 12 ounces of something, like I'm not going to roast up five pounds at doesn't fit with the business model so sometimes some orders take a couple days some take i don't think anything takes longer than five days and some like if if you order while i'm roasting i'll throw it in and it's ready to go yeah and it's ships that day uh so it's it's pretty it's hit or miss um some stuff ships within 10 minutes of you placing an order and some stuff takes a couple extra days yeah. uh, but i think generally like nobody has complained about that like one i'm not amazon uh, two, it's roasted on order. So I want to make sure you get the freshest quality or highest quality product available. And, um, you know, people are happy with it. Okay. Seastatecoffee.com. Yep. Go there. And the Instagrams. Also Seastate 
coffee. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, is there anything else that uh, you want to touch on? Or uh, we, we talked a lot. We, we covered, did. We covered a lot of ground. You're going to have a lot of editing to do. Just Just the dogs barking. Or yeah. we just leave it in for, you know, <laughs> the posterity. tail thumping that you could hear. <laughs> I know, I know, or the huffing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sweet, man. Once again, man, thank you for taking the time to uh, sit down and chat with me. I enjoyed our conversation. I know it's been a little bit since we sat down since recording this, but uh, I hope all is well. And I will link in the episode description, Sea uh, State's website, Instagram, and I would encourage you to uh, to go pick some up. I uh, ordered some, like I said, and like kind of like we were talking about and actually drinking at the time really damn good coffee so i would encourage you uh either to order some swing by uh while he's at the farmer's market this summer but otherwise i hope you all have a great weekend and uh, a great weekend a great week man i wish it was the weekend a great week and we will catch you next time